Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So if you've been with us for the summer, um, we have been in a series called the Psalms of Summer. Basically what we've done or what I've tried to do is take a psalm each week and just kind of break that down. Uh, sometimes we get all the way through it. Sometimes we don't. I'll go ahead and tell you, you're not going to today, okay? Uh, <laughs> I told the first service the same thing. It's only nine verses, but I won't get there. I just, I just will not get there. And um, you'll see why here in a little bit, okay? Um, but we're in Psalm 8. Psalm 8. And let me say something about Psalm 8 before we jump in too much. Psalm 8's got nine verses. One and nine are exactly the same. The bookends. Same exact words. Same, I kind of, same theme, the bookend theme. I think they're important. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination, those bookend verses in verse 1 and verse 9 are by accident. If you've ever uh, spent any time uh, in kind of a race where you got a bumper, if you went bowling and you were terrible and they brought out the bumpers, to keep your ball from staying in like lane 11, 12, and 13. Uh, that's a good thing. And these, I think, are bumpers to kind of keep you in that line. Because if you get outside of verse 9 and 1, uh, it'll mess you up. You need to understand who he is and why he is who he is. And so I want to read the text, and then we'll get as far as we can, and uh, then we'll end it there, wherever that might be. And I don't even know. All right? So let's jump in. All right, verse 1, Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. Because of your enemies, to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens... The works of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you would care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and you crowned him with glory and honor. You made him rule over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and all beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, all that swim in the paths of the sea. O Lord. Our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. How majestic is your name in all the earth. Acts 4.12 says this. We talk about names of the Lord. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which you must be saved. Jesus is the greatest name ever, ever, ever. I want you to go to Philippians. 
real quickly. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 6, Philippians 2, 6. Who being the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. Gave him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. No other name that man might be saved. No other name. I've had the privilege many times of being with men when they prayed to receive Christ. There is nothing like that name when a man prays and salvation falls. Nothing. Should call on the name of the Lord. Everyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. No other name. No other name. Melissa and I have found ourselves many times in a place, personally, where we didn't know what to pray. And when you find yourself in that place, you pray one thing, Jesus. You just start speaking Jesus. Because you don't know what you're walking into. And you can, handle, you can hardly handle what was just delivered to you. It'll take your breath away. It'll leave you speechless. But when that happens, the cream will rise to the top. And the one thing that always rises to the top is a name that is above every name. And his name is Jesus. You may find yourself there today. And you don't know what to pray. And you don't know what to do. And you can't find the words. You can find one word. And that word will trump everything you can ever pray. And you speak it name. And when you speak that name of Jesus, I want you to know you unleash all of heaven and all the power that comes with that. So speak Jesus when you don't know what to say and watch what he does. I want to go to verse 2. We're going to be here a little while because I'm telling you right now there's a bunch in verse 2. From the beginning... He says this, from the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Did you catch any of that? From infants and children, you have ordained praise. You have set in place a rule, a decree, a commandment, a ordinance that you will do. You can't, you cannot do it. Does that make sense? It's in you and it must come out of you. From the minute you take a breath, you start praising 
You might hear it as a cry of a mom and a dad. And the doctor may hear it as a cry. But I'm going to tell you what the creator hears. Praise. Praise. If you're in the farming and ranching and you've got cattle, when a baby calf gets lost or caught and mama can't find her, and that baby starts crying, you better get out of the way. Because that mama's going one thing. He's going after that baby. And that baby's going to do one thing. He's going to his mama. And there's nothing you can do. We were created to praise. If we walk into that preschool worship room right now, that's what they're doing. If we walk back to children's church, I'm going to write now, they're uninhibited worship going on. See, when you're in kindergarten, you don't care what people look like. You don't care what they think about you. You don't care what you look like. You're just singing. You're just doing what was created in you. You're just praising, and it's beautiful. And then we grow up, and we get too cool for school. We try to pretend to be something we're not. And we get all dressed up and right and tight. And then we start worshiping for man and not for him. We stop doing what we were ordained to do. We stop doing what we were created to do. Let me ask you a question. How old were you when you stopped worshiping? How old were you when you stopped praising? How old were you when you got silent? I was, uh, I grew up in a church, and all I remember hearing when I went to church with my parents is sit up tall, be still. And don't make any noise. Kind of what they told in prison. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's bad. I'm just saying, when you think back on what I was told as a kid when I was at church, that is not in Scripture. What if David would have sat up tall and would have been quiet? He danced. Lord help, he danced. He had a fit. And I can't, I'm telling you, when Lazarus got out of that grave, I'm sure he cut a rug. <laughs> you can't tell me that a dead man walking ain't going to cut a rug. Amen? That's crazy. Now, Lazarus, I understand you've been resurrected and everything, brother, but you better sit up tall, be quiet, and don't make any noise. What? I was doing that. He saved me from that. Listen to me. The church has been resurrected. You have been resurrected. And when you've been resurrected, you've got much to praise about. Amen? You've got much to praise about. Why has the church gotten quiet when it has been ordained to praise? If we'll get back to praising and doing what we've been ordained to do, many will hear, many will see, and many will put their faith in the Lord. But a quiet church will see no one come to Christ. Because they're already quiet. But when they meet the one who put a song in them, then they got to sing their song too. We have been ordained 
the praise. Ordain the praise. I was in college when I learned the praise. I was told all my life to be quiet and be still and sit up tall. And I went to East Texas Baptist University, a private Baptist university on a baseball scholarship to play ball. In my freshman year, I did that. I sat up tall. I went to class. And I played ball. Then I got this weird roommate when I was a sophomore. He led worship at timeout, a Tuesday night Bible study for college kids. He said, you need to come. I'm like, you need to quit telling me what to do. <laughs> kind of like that. He said, you need to come. So I said, okay. So he went on. They started worship, and I went for the very first time. Scared me to death. I didn't know you could do that in church. I didn't know you should do that in church. I almost called my mom. <laughs> and then, and then something really weird happened. I started doing what I was ordained to do. I started realizing that the Holy Spirit that I met when I was 10, that he put in me, needed to come out. It needed to be expressed. And so I started singing. And I'm going to tell you something. That's not pretty. <laughs> but worship is. And you might have been told all your life like me, you can't sing, dude. Thank you. But I can worship. Now, they're not always the same words that go to that song, but I'm worshiping. <laughs> That's my wife's problem. She corrects me on that a lot. That's not that song. We switched. <laughs> I hadn't switched yet, honey. I wasn't done. Paxton was done. I wasn't done. All right? <laughs> I, got, I still got my praise on. He just went too fast. <laughs> but, but, but something happened in me. Started doing what I was ordained to do. They tell us in Scripture that the that the trees of the field clapped their hands, doing what they were ordained to do. We clap pretty loud in West Texas sometimes, amen? <laughs> they were really clapping, all right? But they were doing what they were ordained to do. But we're even better than all that. We're his special jewel creation. And put in us a song to sing. People tell me this. I feel sorry for them when they do, but they have. They probably wish they'd never taken me to breakfast and sure wish they hadn't bought. They make this phrase to me sometimes. <laughs> Preacher, all this praise and worship stuff, you have to understand something. I, I'm worshiping, but it's inside. I'm praising, but it's inside. I have one problem with that. My understanding that everything that begins in you inwardly must eventually be expressed outwardly. Anybody else run into that? You ever had to pee? I'm sorry, can you not say that? <laughs> you ever had to go to the bathroom? You ever had kids that had to go to the bathroom? 
How many ways can you cross your legs? That ain't working. I got to do something, Dad. Everything that inside of us that begins inside us must be expressed outwardly. You ever heard anything that didn't agree with your stomach? It's going to come out. Different ways, different locations. But it's coming out, amen? amen? So let me say something to you. If he put it in you, which he did, because he said he ordained you when you were infants, so you didn't get to vote, kind of like your name if you don't like it. You didn't get to vote. It's in you. If he put it in you, then it is his desire to let it out. If he put it in you, it's got to come out. And I don't know what form you're comfortable with or how you want to begin, but you better start getting out what he put in because there's a reason for it, and we're about to check it out. Listen to me, church. You say, well, I, 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 I wasn't raised that way. Hey, listen to me. I met a poor guy one time and said, I wasn't raised to be poor, but, but I am. No, you're not raised to be poor, all right? Nobody wants that. But listen to me. You were raised and you were born and ordained for praise. It's got to come out of you. It's got to be expressed. It can't be bottled up. It can't be kept inside. It's got to come out. Just start singing. If you need to start earlier than that, start humming. And then every once in a while, just move if you need to move. And if no one's looking, then give up some praise. It'll do the body good. Because you were ordained to do it. Ordained to do it. Let me stop here for a second and take a side note. I don't know if you fully understand or not how rich this church is because of the worship pastor that we have. Y'all need to give that dude some love. I'm going to say this. If you think for one minute that this same worship is happening just in Amarillo at every church, just in the state of Texas at every church, and throughout the country, you're smoking some messed up stuff. That is not a typical worship service. We are rich in his presence because our worship pastor is just, or I mean, he is anointed and gifted to bring the church to the throne. Absolutely. I don't know what you're waiting on. And I don't know what more you need. Because if you can't get your worship on in this place, I don't know where it's going to come on at. I just don't. If you have been redeemed by the blood of the land and you sit in the presence of the Lord with a worship pastor like Paxton, you can't help but get your praise on. See, worship means bow down and praise means thank you. And the way I read scripture is simply this. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So if you walk in here breathing, <laughs> then I don't have to ask you what you're about to do next. You're about to praise. Because you didn't earn that what you just took. It's a gift. And because it's a gift been freely given to you, then give up to the one who gave it to you. We've got to understand 
that praising is what we were ordained to do, and it's good medicine. Good medicine. Got one of the best worship pastors in the world and a terrific worship team that is committed and selfless and gives and gives and gives. They're not paid to be here. They give to be here. We're blessed. I don't know what more you need to get your praise on, but you better start getting it on. Amen. Let's see what praise does. Why do we praise? Why has it been ordained? Because we got enemies. You said, Jeff, I don't have any enemies. I, I can eat with my back to the door. Okay, keep eating. But you got an enemy. Scripture tells you for sure you got one enemy. And if you need to look him up, he's found in John 10, 10. And he says, and he's unapologetic about it, and he's rude about his introduction. He says, here's the deal. When I show up, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill, and I'm going to steal, and I'm going to destroy. And that's the only reason I come. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you something. My daddy can beat your, beat your daddy up. And, and, and my, my Jesus whooped your tail once, and he's going to whoop it every time. And I'm bought by the blood, and I'm saved, and I'm a king's kid. And he came to give me life and give it to me more abundantly. So you can just go back home. Because I'm about to praise you out of my house. I'm about to praise you out of my circumstance. I'm about to praise you out of my bad day. Because my enemy's not going to give that to me. And you ain't going to kill me. You're not going to steal from me. And you're not going to destroy me. You got an enemy. You know what he responds to? Not a threat from you, but praise. He responds to the word of God and your praise. It's been ordained. So speak it. Say it and praise it. And what will it do? It will quiet. Look at scripture. It will silence the foe and the avenger. It will quiet. Quiet them. It will silence them. I think sometimes God is saying, church, I can't hear you. Church, I can't hear you. You there? Because it looks like sometimes he's winning. But I'm going to tell you, if the church will get its praise on, he'll quiet all that junk. He'll silence the foe. He'll distinguish all that voice of condemnation and all that junk in your life. Some of us have been listening to the same channel for too long, and that's why our life's not changing. You get your praise on, and he'll hush his mouth. You shut him down. I want you to listen to the same text. This is Psalm 8, verse 2. I want to read it out of the passage, the Passion Bible. Okay? It's a different translation, but I want you to listen to it. Psalm 8, verse 2. This is what praise does. You have built a stronghold by the songs of babies. Strength rises up in the courses of singing children. This kind of praise, mm, better listen to this. This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. 
Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Man, that's a great word. You want to silence the voice of Satan in your house, in your marriage, in your family? Then get your praise on. May the redeemed of the Lord say so. Some of you, it's been a long time since you say so. And you need to start saying so. You got to praise. Praise will heal your body. Praise will bring life to you. Praise will change the environment of your house. Praise will change the atmosphere in your home. Praise has been ordained by God. You got to praise. And I'm going to say it to you. Whatever he began inside of you will eventually must come out of you. And he said he put a new song in you. And it's not a private matter. So you better start singing. I'm going to make this statement. Listen to these words. You and I, you and I, we have been issued a weapon for war. A weapon for victory. Do you realize that? You and I, we've been issued a weapon for war. Who are we issued it by? The Creator. Our Father. God. He knew we were going to be in a war. Because he said this world is hard. This world is mean. This world is brutal. But greater is you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That praise is your weapon. And what's it a weapon for? Come on. We are the champion. You know, bust out in that song. We are the champion for victory. That's what it's for. All right. For vi- Some of you are not winning right now. Check and see if you're praising. And if you are praising, praise more. Because your victory's coming. Listen to me. You've been given it. You got to use it. No man or woman going off to war been issued a weapon of war by the United States of America doesn't use it. You crazy. Go to war and not use your weapon. You've been issued it. You've been issued it because those who issue it to you want you to come back home victoriously. And if you don't get a weapon to go get a victory, chances are real good you're not coming back home. So take what you've been given and has been ordained in you and worship and praise. I don't know your circumstance today, but I know this. You can praise your way out of it. Praise your way out of it. If you've got children at home, one of the early lessons you teach children 
is that when you use it, you flush it. Because of something that magically happens if you do that for too long without flushing it. It begins to stink up the whole entire house. If you don't start praising, you will start stinking. And I'm not talking about you personally smelling bad. I'm talking about your thinking and your words. Because first it starts with what you think. And then it becomes part of your speech. And then if you think it and you speak it, you know what happens next? You start walking it. And somebody will say, dude, why are you doing that? I don't know. Don't be retarded. People know, know why they do stuff. You're doing it because your head told your mouth and your feet told your mouth to walk like a loser because all you think about is being a loser. You have stinking thinking. That's why you're stinking when you live. You need to flush. And let me tell you how you flush. You praise. And all of a sudden, a fountain will flush your body, your mind, your thoughts, your mouth, your body. And all of a sudden, you'll repent of stinking thinking and making little God, just making God little, saying he can't do it when you know he can do it. And all of a sudden, you'll stand up, man, and you'll start speaking the name of Jesus over your situation and your circumstance, over your marriage, over your family, over your life. And all of a sudden, you're going to have some power, and adrenaline will start pumping through you. And then you're going to act crazy like a fool. And that's okay, because it's time for the church. It's been resurrected. Why in the world are we sleeping? Get up and start declaring what's been put in you. And watch your circumstances change. You got to flush that mind. You got to flush your mind. You got to flush your eyes. You got to flush your mouth. And praise will do that. And you'll walk victoriously out of here. I told you I wouldn't get close. I want to say one thing real quick. Psalm 3 just talks about the fact that he hung the moon and the stars and all this stuff. Verse 4 he makes an interesting statement. What is man that you're mindful of him? <laughs> wow. How many people have been in an airplane? Been in an airplane? A bunch of you? You ever realized how small you are when you're flying? <laughs> you fly over. As far as the eyes can see, you see rooftop and rooftop and swimming pool and swimming pool and rooftop and swimming pool. And you're like, wow, there's a lot of people in this world. Let me tell you something really cool. In Psalm 139, he says, before a word is on your tongue, I know it. Before you speak a word, I know it. When you think it's dark, I'm light. And when you think you're far from me, I'm there. You can never go where I'm not. You can't outrun me. I'm always there. Our God is a very personal God. And you're his crown jewel. You are. I wrote this down. I am not in competition with other people for God's attention 
in God's affection. <laughs> Let me tell you how I really wrote it the first time. Hmm. Jeff is not in competition with any other senior pastor for God's attention and God's affection. Oh, my gosh. Can I just tell you something? That's hard to write. In church life today, it's a competition. I'm sorry. And many of men have chased more after man's approval than God's approval. May it never be said that I demonstrate anything that resembles that I'm in a competition with any other senior pastor in the face of this earth. My God is crazy about me just being me. And see, what all you got to do is this. You don't have to be better than your brother or your sister, better than the person you sit next to in school, better than the person that's always been ahead of you in school from first grade. You just have to be you because he's absolutely crazy in love with you. And he wants to be as personal with you as he does with each person in this world. Just be you and be the you that from before you took a breath, he ordained in you praise because it is the greatest weapon that he can give you. You say, well, the greatest weapon is the word of God. <laughs> that is praise, my friend. Speak it. Speak it. Do what you've been, been, been ordained. If you will do that, I promise you, everything in your life will change. The atmosphere that surrounds you, your environment, your circumstance, everything. You say, well, it may not change. Well, you'll change, and it'll look different. Get your praise on, and watch God do what God does. I'm going to invite you to stand, church. If you're on the uh, worship team, come on up. If you're on the ministry team, I invite you to come forward this time. How old were you when you stopped worshiping, when you stopped praising? Some of us in this room need to turn that back on. And if you haven't never turned it on, turn it on. It's been in you. Let it out. Don't worry about what it looks like. Don't worry about what you sound like. You can sit by me. You can sound just as bad as I do, okay? We'll have a bad section over here, okay? But it'll be good. Turn your praise on. Turn your praise on. As a couple, turn your praise on. As a family, turn your praise on. Do what you have been ordained to do. It'll quiet your enemy. He'll silence them. Here's what I believe God is saying to the church.
I don't hear you. I don't hear you. May it not be said of you and me as the church that God can't hear us. Oh, my gosh. Let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. If you're breathing today, oh, my gosh, give it up for the king. You're going to do it for all eternity. You ought to start practicing. Get your praise on. This morning, if you need prayer, you come. If you need prayed over, you come. If you need to come to the altar and just repent. I stopped praising, and I don't know why, but it, I'm turning it back on today. You might need to bring your sweetie with you. That's fine. You're going to restore in your home praise. You're tired of all the voices in the house that's not a God. You're going to turn his on. See if it doesn't change. Enough of all that negative stuff. Turn your praise on. See what he does. Let me pray for us. Then we're going to praise. Father, we love you. We've been ordained to do it. And the simple fact is this. We've been ordained to do it because we need it. We got to have it. So God, I pray that the church today will turn its praise back on. Turn it back on. Change the environment. Change the atmosphere. For your glory, move us now. For your honor, move us now. For your honor, God, may we worship now in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.